From the Not A Foodie Studio, which is not a studio, it's a Zoom meeting from a commercial kitchen and and my bedroom, I guess. It's the Not A Foodie Show. I am Tommy Alley, and with me as always is... Mikey Pomodoro. How's it going, guys? You're Mike Moranti. You're not Mikey Pomodoro. You're Mike Moranti when you're on this call, when you're on this podcast. You're Mikey Pomodoro. I mean... Bruce Wayne doesn't go around saying I'm Batman. I'm, I mean, I'm unless he's Batman. beating somebody up. It's very, very different uh, jobs and notoriety. Uh, when you're slinging chicky parms and when you're giving, um, you know, meatball sandwiches, you can call yourself Mikey Pomodoro. But right now, you're Mike Moranti. Moranti, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike Moranti, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I, uh, I'm glad that we're back at doing this. I enjoy yeah. it a lot. I thought yeah, the, the question segment last week was a lot of fun. I know it was great. We had some some folks reach out to us on Twitter about it too, which was which was cool. Um, so yeah, it, if you are listening and you want to reach out via Twitter, I'm at Timmy Alley, T M I A L E, and Mike. Are you chicken parm? Chicken poppy? parm poppy. Chicken parm poppy. We we've got branding issues with you. You're Moranti. You're chicken palm palm. It's, chicken it's all, palm poppy. I, the branding issues Pomodoro. are done. It's all Mikey Pomodoro. <laughs> love it, love it. Anyway, Mikey Pomodoro, Mike Moranti, chicken palm poppy. Do you want to um? What do we want to do? We want to do food news. Yeah. I, yes, we do. You know what? You know what I'm going to ask you to do if we're doing food news. What? You got to do the the, the jingle. It's food news. All right. I have I have one item that I would like to discuss in food news. Okay. Right now, in a few markets across the United States, I think in Des Moines, Iowa, Boston, and Miami, Burger King is rolling out impossible chicken nuggets. So chicken nuggets going out in Burger King made from plant-based you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Impossible Meats is running it out. Now, I have I have many, many are, issues are with Impossible Are they calling meats. the fake chicken chicky? Can I sue them? No, they are not. They are uh, not. Okay. I don't think they are. They're just calling them Impossible Nuggets? Impossible Nuggets. They knew better. Yes. <laughs> took, I mean, you come for the king. You, you best not miss. So they, don't, they, they opted not even to come for the chicken parm king. Um... But anyway, this started. I started thinking about this a lot, and I have many, many issues with um, vegetarian food, or I have many, many issues with Impossible Burgers. I have many issues with vegan lazy meat. restaurants and bars saying that they have a vegan menu and then just throwing like an Impossible Burger or whatever they call it, plant-based meat. Like it doesn't have to be meat. It's a it's a veggie burger, right? Yeah. Like I have many issues with that. And I started thinking about why I have issues with it. Number one, I think vegetarian food doesn't have to just be a, a veggie burger. Vegan food doesn't have to be a ve- you know veggie burger. It could be something awesome and delicious. It's lazy to put in an Impossible Burger. Plus, Impossible Burgers, I feel, are like they're really not that good for you. It's not a, like a healthy alternative. So, um, it, you know, so all of this. So go ahead. 
So the the first part, um, I think all vegan food, the goal of vegan food is to be, to taste like it's not vegan. Like you, you can do, yeah. no, I'm not, I'm not here to, to be the No, I know you're not defending it. Food. I know you're not defending like it. The, the, like, like I, I want a carrot that tastes like a carrot. <laughs> have, have you been to, I think it's called World Peace Cafe? They're, they're an old vegan restaurant. I think they're from like the 70s. They have one in Union Square and I think one in the Upper East Side. I can be oh, totally I know wrong. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. the one. Yeah, it's like on the east side and, of Union Square over there. Yeah. And these guys, all they do is they make kick-ass vegetables. And I think that's, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And like I mean, you look, go there and you like feel better because you're eating like roasted squash and like all these things that you're never going to make at home. Um, totally. And I, I lived in the East Village for, you know, for, for many, many years. And there was always the, the vegetarian restaurants and the vegan restaurants and like the, the hippie dippy places on St. Mark's. Like, mm-hmm. And they were awesome. They were great. And, and because they're cooking real food and using real flavors. Um, and then so, like me personally from Mikey Pomodoro, when we were running the full menu, the 21 item menu, I had seven vegan options. But like that included spaghetti pomodoro, that included eggplant parm that was fried up, uh, French fries, pizza fries, and some salads. So like even though we had vegan options, they definitely weren't healthy. But I don't think vegan <laughs> food needs to be healthy. No, 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 and that's not what I'm saying at all. And what I'm saying is I think that, um, and and we got a little off topic here. What I was actually going to say is that if you're going to use impossible meats to make chicken nuggets. I think that's probably the best possible use for I- impossible meats. Gra- like, in the ground form, like like in a lasagna, you can make like a vegan lasagna with like impossible. No, meat. no, I'm thinking, I'm saying chicken nuggets are like the perfect vegan, you know, lab grown meat or whatever they call it. Like vegan chicken nuggets, I think are perfect because the original chicken nugget, what you are trying to replicate is the original chicken nugget, which is like like maybe twenty percent chicken anyway? Yeah, lab grown. It's it's, anyway. <laughs> it's not really chicken. It's like it's it's mostly breaded. It's mostly fried. I mean, you can replicate that flavor really easily there's with not impossible because there's not much flavor, right? What you're what you're tasting is an essence of chicken, and you're tasting breaded and fried, right? Right, like breadcrumbs and flour and fried stuff, and and that's that. Um, you I think was, if I sell chicky nuggies at Smorgasburg, they'll do well? Chicky nuggies? Chicky nuggies. To, but you got to go along with the With, with, uh, with sauce to dip in. I, so what I would do, if I were you, I would do chicky nuggies with like a Parmesan crust and or a dusting of well, Parmesan. It would, it would be the same like chicken that. the same chicken that we use, the patties that we use, but they would be half ounce or one ounce pat, uh, nuggets. Yeah, yeah, but then toss them in, like, you know what you do? Toss them in a truffle parmesan, and that's that. I'm just going to give them tomato sauce or vodka sauce to dip in. Eh, I I think that's the same thing. That's too much of the same thing. Uh, Yeah, but we're we're talking about smorgasburg. I know, I know. I guess you're giving, so you're you're saying, do you want a sandwich or do you want the nuggies by themselves? Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty much it. You're going to, do you want it with, with the potato bun or without the potato bun? Yeah, I think they'll actually do really well. I think that... Truffle oil, which truffle is a, we've talked about truffle oil on this show before. Truffle oil's a, a weird sort of scam 90% of the time. But I think if you toss them in a Parmesan truffle oil, you'll sell a ton of them because it's a little bit different and people love truffle for whatever that, reason. That's facts. You know, I think from a marketing standpoint, that's, that's the way to go. 
word. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> back back to the topic. Oh, anyway, my topic was just talking about. I just wanted to talk about um, the Burger King bur- chicken nuggets and probably how you, the wait. chicken nugget is the one thing that I think would be pretty okay as a plant based. Do you food. know what the first fast food to go to Impossible Meat was? The first fast food that went. What do you mean that that switched to the, the first fast food company that brought on Impossible or whatever the other one's called? Yeah, was it like Arby's or Nah White Castle? White Castle, White Castle did the Impossible Slider. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. We talked about that. I mean, yeah. this podcast has been around for for many years. It, I we feel predate like now. the Impossible Slider. <laughs> Yeah, no, the Impossible Slider because we talked about that quite a bit, and we were like, "All right, let's let's try it out." Um, and then the first time I ever had any Impossible uh, meats was I was in San Francisco at a show, and I had an Impossible burger. That was that was fine. But the first time I had it at an actual like fast food place was the Starbucks um, sausages, mm. Starbucks Impossible meat sausages. It would work. It works well as a ground thing. I think so too. Because you can so too, you can but... do like a breakfast sausage, which is just ground meat with seasoning. I, I yeah, yes and no. I mean, um, I think it works on some ground meats. I think that the sausage, the pork. I don't know. I haven't tried too much of the sausage. Um, mm-hmm. the beef. Eh, okay. Chicken is a different process, like altogether apparently, and where they're not trying to lab grow the amino acids that come with like pork and beef, and. I think chicken could be interesting, but I'm still uh, like, I don't want anyone to think that they are eating healthy when they're going out and getting vegan chicken nuggets. Like it is not healthy. It is healthier than, you know, like, I I don't think, yeah, I I don't know. I don't, I just, as long as it doesn't become an excuse, like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I, I ate 9,000 chicken nuggies from Burger King. I'm sorry, chicken nuggets from mm-hmm. Burger King, not chicken nuggies. Sorry, Mikey. Um, but like, I and I'm and I'm healthier for it. You're not healthier for eating fast food. Fast food is fast food, whether it's you know Impossible Meats or not. All yeah. right, you got food news? No. You have no food news. Um, Meg the Stallion is coming out with her own hot sauce. All right, there we go. Everyone's got a hot sauce. I love it. You know, the hot sauce um, expo was in Williamsburg this past weekend. I had uh, some friends, you know, we had, what's his face on the show? The guy who's founded, I can't remember his name, but the guy who founded the hot sauce um, expo was on a few years ago when we had the old radio show. But I was getting texts from friends of mine who were like showing me their haul coming out of the Williamsburg, the Brooklyn hot sauce expo. It was pretty cool. Um, The Bravado sauce guys, which are friends of the pod, are, they were well represented there. Yeah, I still have the stuff from the um, the Fancy Food Show in 2020. Yeah. Fancy Food Show's in Vegas next year. They're moving out of San Francisco. Moving back to Vegas. Going to be interesting. I might have to go. Yeah. Are they? They're doing the New York one? They're going to do the New York. New York one is usually the summer, but the winter one is going to be yeah. in February in Vegas instead of San Francisco because, mm-hmm. you know, of, of just better regulations i guess or more lenient regulations for um for trade shows so that's that i'm still probably staying away <laughs> mikey what yes. else is up uh so you have been on a steak kick 
for two, three years now of a Friday ribeye. <laughs> it's well, it's either a Friday ribeye or it's a Friday New York strip. It's but it's usually I I eat I try to eat beef only like once a week, and it's usually it's like a ritual to have a cocktail while I'm cooking a steak and um, and then a bottle of wine. But yeah, so I've been cooking steak for for quite some time. So in this week of Tom's meat, <laughs> what what did you make? I made a um, a ribeye charred grilled over some charcoals and then I did some research to try to find the um, the entrecote steak sauce the relais de entrecote steak sauce I, I, I can't even pronounce it because I don't speak French I can do Italian but not French but it's um, I, so it's one of those things it's a steak sauce that is much like oysters Rockefeller everyone claims to know the original recipe but no one really does. Which, so, have you been to the New York one or the Paris one or both? The uh, no, the New York one. I've never been to the Paris one. I've only been to the Paris one. Yeah, no, I, I, I the Paris one I hear is is phenomenal. Like they just keep shoveling it was, meat. They on give your plate, you right? like, steak frites and then you eat it, and then your next course is steak frites, and then you eat yeah, it. Yeah, they just and keep they bringing steak. <laughs> right. Right. It's like a terraceria where like, no, you know, yeah, you, they'll you keep sit, bringing it until you tell them to stop. You right? sit down and you get a wine list and then mm -hmm. you tell them how you want your steak cooked. And then they give you a dessert menu when you're done eating steak foods. It's, a, it's an incredible experience. Well, anyway, I decided to make the, um, the, the, the steak sauce, which is like a, a cr crazy complex sauce that it's like you're you're almost making like a custard but not really and it involves anchovies some recipes say chicken livers chicken liver, chicken liver is probably uh, it's it's widely accepted that chicken liver is in the original recipe i did not have a chicken liver so i just doubled up on anchovies um but it is you know a whole bunch of herbs and then you so make it so french yeah oh man it's crazy it's so it's butter shallots tarragon the, the the tarragon really gives it that flavor and then some yellow mustard and it's it becomes this like and an egg yolk because obviously it's not heavy enough with a pound of butter in it <laughs> um but it, it turns into this like crazy awesome like half bernays half like a compound butter sauce that you just slather all over your steak and uh, yeah, so that was that was my Friday night. It was it was phenomenal. I I made because um, I I can only really cook on Sundays, and I think it's important for me to cook on Sundays for like my mental health to like mm -hmm. not cook Italian food, mm -hmm. not to cook like breakfast. Like I want to like still be creative. Right. I did um, a Texas style short rib chili. To me, Texas style chili just means no beans. Right. Um, and then I took some of the short rib out of said chili and I bought arepas and I uh, toasted the arepas and melted cheddar cheese on them and then pulled the short rib and put it on top and nice. had like this incredible DIY so sope. Sopa? Sopa. Sopa. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I'm... First of all, I'm when when making chili, same way, same way. Like, 
real Texas chili does not have beans in it. Mm-hmm. You're you've got that rub on it. You braise it for a long time, put it in a pot, and, and that's, that's to the, the way to do it. Did you so when you used it? Did you do like a slow cook in the Instapot, or did you just do a quick pressure cook? Um, I sauteed it all and browned everything and added all the liquid, and then I turned the Instapot on for high pressure at forty-five minutes, and okay, then did cool. a natural release, and it was incredible. Nice, nice. I love it. Love it. The so Instapot's uh, the closest thing I own to a time machine. <laughs> so, so explain why is it? Because it speeds it up. Time? Speeds up time. It gets me uh, to where I have to go quicker. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about um, starting something early and having your whole place smell like chili or brisket or whatever it is for you know for a day. But I hear what you're saying with with the Instapot. For me, it is my it's it's a go to for me during the week. During mm-hmm. the week, I use the Instapot on on Saturdays and Sundays when I've got all day to be around the house. I like those long cooks. My yeah, my crock pot was like I bought it in the beginning of the pandemic for sixty dollars. I think it's the best purchase I've ever made in my life. Um, <laughs> not not crock pot. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Dutch oven. Sorry, sorry. My Dutch oh, oven. Oh yeah, 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 Dutch oven. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, not not crock pot. Absolutely. Not my Dutch oven is my. I do ninety nine percent of my cooking in my Dutch oven. But if I if it's a Sunday and I want to get a chili done before the Giants game so they can break my heart, but at least I'm eating delicious chili. Why the fuck are you watching the Giants? <laughs> yeah, it's it's real hard waking up after I feel like I got hit by a truck on Saturday from Smorgasburg to go watch the Giants. Yeah, um, I it, at, at halftime this week I just went and started making fresh pasta in my kitchen because I was like I'm done. I'm not watching this anymore. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, weekend deals. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> I was while I was doing research on my steak sauce, I came across a video. So I'm a big fan of compound butters to finish steaks, right? And you know what a compound butter is? Yeah, I do. You want to explain it? A compound butter is butter with other things in it. Yeah, very very simple. You take some butter, you mix, you know, herbs in it, garlic, shallots, um, whatever, whatever you want, and it's a great like finishing for finishing piece for a steak. So when the steak is resting, always rest your meat. When your steak is resting, you put your compound butter on it, let it sort of melt onto the steak, and it's awesome, right? So usually I'll do compound butters that have some herbs in it, some garlic. Depends on what's you know fresh and in season. A lot of the times I'll do a like an anchovy caper butter which is really like just adds an extra bang to the steak. It's, it's phenomenal. But I came across, while doing my research for a number of different things, I came across a video. And I need to describe for you this video. Okay, so I'm was, all ears. It was four, four different sauces. Four, I'm sorry, four different compound butters, right? So they did a blind taste test, four different compound butters. One butter was herbs and garlic. Another butter was anchovies. Another butter was a red wine reduction with shallots. And Is the that butter, butter red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's red. I've had it before. I've had it at like Italian, not sorry, at, at Parisian steakhouses, at, um, at little bistros where they do steak frites. A lot of the times they'll do like um, a butter that had a red wine reduction butter. And it's, Ber- it's good. Bervish. Yes. <laughs> and so so anyway, there's those what was the three. the fourth one? 
I will tell you in one second because the fourth one, hands down, was the favorite. Like blind taste test with like a half a dozen people, fourth one, hands down, was the best. So the method that this person used was he did a sous vide steak and then took the steak out, patted it dry like you're supposed to, did a sear on it with a blowtorch, and then put a pat of each of the different types of butter on each different, they they were New York strip steaks. And then took the blowtorch and melted the butter. And while you're melting the butter with a blowtorch, you're also sort of broiling and crisping up the top of the steak a little bit, creating a crust, right? So least favorite of everybody's was the red wine reduction. Um, the second, like, or I guess the, the next least favorite was the herb butter, like the general herb butter. The anchovy butter was number two. People were like, this is delicious. Uh, you know, and for those of you who haven't done it, like just, just do it. Just put anchovies in butter. You don't taste fishy or anything like that. It tastes just awesome and umami. I'm one of those people. I can't like chew on anchovies, but I throw them into so many things. Yeah, I mean, just chop it up and then mm-hmm. throw two or three capers in there and mix it up with some butter. And then you, once the butter is like soft, you can sort of mold it into a little round um, tube yeah. and then put that tube in the fridge and then just cut pieces off of it whenever you want. But by far, the number one butter that people chose was a Big Mac butter. <laughs> the guy yeah. went and took a half a Big Mac... Threw it in the Vitamix with some butter and blended it all together. And everybody was like, I was, I was, I was blown away. Everybody was hands down. This is the best steak that they've ever had. Now I'm trying to like, I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to replicate this. Cause it sounds completely disgusting and it looks completely disgusting. Why don't you just make a Mac sauce butter? No, because I think that part of what it was was the, the actual the, was the bread being part of it. Because like it created this when they seared it, it created a crust on top of the steak, and people were like, it was this funky crust, and people were like, what is this? This is awesome, and so I I don't think that it's the little components of the Big Mac. I think it's everything as a whole blended up together and then mixed with butter and then smeared on top of a steak. So, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I would try it. Uh, I would pretty much try anything. Uh, I had McDonald's recently, like Mm -hmm. two, three months ago. I was like craving it and I had it and I was like, oh, this is like very not good. And not like, not like from like, oh, this is bad for you or like anything like that. Just like eating it. It's not good. Like I go to Taco Bell like probably once a month and I think Taco Bell is incredible every time I go. And I was so unimpressed by McDonald's. I just can't. I can't do most fast food. And yeah. when I do McDonald's, I'll get a chicken sandwich if I go. If I need it, I can't get a burger there. I can't get anything with meat because it's gray and gross, um, you know, with beef. But, yeah, I'm not a, not a big fan. But I will try I will try the, the Big Mac butter. I mean, you can I, just I, make I, your own Big Mac. No, but I think that you can't do that. I think you have to go get a Big Mac and, like... He was very scientific about it. Um, he had he had the measurements of exactly what you needed, and this is like if he experimented with it a bunch of times, and like you can't do a whole Big Mac; you got to do like half a Big Mac for for a quarter pound of butter. And I'm I, I, I'm intrigued enough to go try it. Um, 
I'm also going to, I think, open up like a, a stoner restaurant and <laughs> put that on the menu because that sounds like the ultimate like stoner food that will sell a shit ton of units. Yeah, I, I honestly think you could put that on any menu, any like new age steakhouse and just be like Big Mac butter and everyone will be like, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And I'm I'm done. I'm gonna try to find the link and I'll put it in. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes because it was like insane. It's done. I'm doing it. So, um, so I saw a tweet the other day, that, yeah. or was it yesterday? I guess it was. It was that last you, night. Uh, you were sort of at the end of your rope with uh, with some customers. Um, I got stiffed on a two hundred and like fifty sixty dollar check. Like um, stiffed, like zero stiffed, tip, like zero, like nothing. Wow. What, what did you do? Did you like piss on their food or something? What like why did they not tip you? Um they What did they say? They said after I went outside to confront them, uh that they waited an hour for their food. Wait, so you went outside and confronted them? I chased them halfway down the block. Did you say to them when you chased them down, did you say to them, Hey, did you forget to leave me a I tip? Said, or hey, say, what the fuck? Yeah, I said, Hey, you guys didn't tip. And he's like, yeah, we didn't tip. And I said, okay, well, this is a pooled house where everybody shares the tips to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't have cared less. And I was like, why didn't you tip? He's like, I waited an hour for my food. I was like, no, you didn't. In no world did you wait an hour for your food. Especially when it's like mainly sushi. This isn't at Mikey (laughs) Pomodoro. This is at another place that I'm uh, working right now. And I've worked it and I, I told the guy to go fuck himself and I told him not to come back. And then they called the restaurant to complain and my manager had my back. They said I um, threw a, a menu at them. Yeah. Did you? No, I, I showed them the checkbook. <laughs> and I, uh, I've been in this industry for a long time and I've never acted like this or done anything like this. And it, it's... A compounding of a lot of things, but it's really don't be a shitty person and don't tip. Like yeah. I, 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 there's, I'm not here to work for free. I'm not a servant. I provide a really great service. I'm really, we're friends because I was your waiter. Yeah, no, I, and I think that that's, I, I, I think that says a lot about our relationship. I'm, I'm also one of those people who, I don't you think would I've make friends with waiters like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever not tipped. Even if it was horrible. If it was horrible. Man, if they I, let I it, go to the manager and I will talk to the manager yeah. about it, but I will leave a tip because I mm-hmm. understand how how the economics of a restaurant works, right? Like yeah. I'm going to leave a little bit of a tip no matter and, what. And if they um, said something to the manager, they would have had something taken off their bill, this or that. And also if these people left me $25 on a $250 bill. I just been like, oh, okay, fuck them and just went on with my day. Yeah. L- leaving zero is weird. Do you think that they were, were they tourists? Are they? No, no, they no. Doing? They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know that I would ever do that. I don't think, I don't think that I ever have. I've eaten out a lot. And I don't think that I've ever left zero tip and I've had some really, really, really shitty situations. Yeah, you can, um, you, you can't I, leave 0%. Yeah, I mean, I think I just go over to. I'll talk to a manager about it. If, if 99% of the time it's not the server, Especially I don't think I've ever been. Especially if you're saying it's because you waited an hour for food. I, I, that's basically taking it out on you for something that's out of your control. They but you're saying that they, they they didn't, didn't wait, wait an, an hour, hour for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and in, in real, real life, right? Like we're talking about $50 that I don't see that $50. Me and my entire staff, right. we all get a cut from that $50. I see three, $4. Yeah. You know, yep. so it, it's really not about me. No, it's, it's about my everybody. So what, what were their like specific complaints that the the food came Nothing, out? Nothing, man. Late, They're just shitty people. It? They're just yeah. shitty fucking people. Any, and that then sucks. to say to call in line and say I assaulted them. What did they say? They <laughs> said I what threw a menu at them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so you're like chasing them down the block with menus I throwing things at them. Say, I the chased them here. halfway down the block. <laughs> I have definitely had a few too many and left without tipping. And I remember one person, one waiter came at me out on the street and was like, what the fuck, man? Did we do something wrong? Why didn't you tip? And I was like, holy shit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, and it, you know, it disarmed him. He was like, oh, you know, he thought he was going to come out there and fight me. And I was like, no, I, I just made a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm I, cause I try to tip in cash. I always try to tip in cash if I possibly yeah. can. And I, and I didn't at that, that time. Um, I mean, like I, I've had I've had tables get drunk and fuck their math up and not tip yeah. that much, and then they've come back the next day with an envelope. Yeah, I did that once. Yeah, I did that once. I was looking at my. I, I did that once because I was completely undercharged, and because I was undercharged, I undertipped. Yeah. So I went back the next day, and I was like, "Look, you guys really screwed something up," and then I screwed something up, and. Let's just make it right right mm -hmm. now because it's it was you know it's a small restaurant like yeah. it's these people uh, people don't understand the margins the margins of like how thin they are to to run a restaurant to turn a profit for anything like that like something like that really messes with the economics of of the night right mm -hmm. like it's crazy well I'm sorry that that happened to you and I'm sorry that people are shitty yeah it, but you know what one, one time in uh, 13 years I think is okay all right good I'm glad, <laughs> I think I'm glad, glad you bounced back from it yeah <laughs> okay that, let's go into questions because I I was really I thought it went really well last week and I'm like very excited for like this week of it all right cool okay so I've got I, I we're running a little long here so I've got two questions yeah I but... think two and two. Okay, you you want to go first? Or you want me to go sure, first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, go ahead. What are your three Chinese food dishes when you're ordering for your family for everyone to share? Oh, okay. So it it depends on what we're we're talking about. Are we talking American about like good, good quality Szechuan, or are we talking about like American Chinese, Chinese general sauce okay. chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's usually a spicy orange chicken, um, a plate of steamed pork dumplings. And a broccoli and tofu or mixed vegetables and tofu in a spicy garlic sauce. Mm. Those are like my three go-to for when the family, when we're all sharing together. But if you're going to make me go to like, you know, spicy cuisine, which is I think the best restaurant in Forest Hills. It and, is. You know, Szechuan place. I'll get the farmhouse long peppers with pork belly because they are spicy and delicious. Or I'll get the like the crispy beef with, beef with Szechuan pepper. The mortar and pestle eggplant. Mortar and pestle eggplant is phenomenal. So is their cucumber salad. Uh, my, my three are scallion pancakes. Solid choice. Boneless spare ribs. Nope. Nope. And, nope, uh, I can't do it. Our orange chicken spicy with sesame seeds. 
What's the difference between orange chicken with sesame seeds and sesame chicken? Orange. Yeah, just the orange flavor, I guess. Cool. Your turn. I, 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 think, um, I think those are all, all solid. Well, those are two out of three solid choices. <laughs> 66.67% I agree with. The boneless spare ribs, I can never, I can never mess with at, at a Chinese restaurant. I don't know why. It's a weird block I have in my head. Okay, all right. your turn. Well, let's. So since we're talking ribs, how about there are four barbecue styles in the United States? What is your favorite? There's Carolina, Kansas City, Memphis, and Texas. Which is the best? If you had to pick one, not um, the best. If you had to pick one, what would it be? Kansas City is. Kansas City is sort of um, signature with like a tomatoey, molassesy sauce. It's the it's sauce, like, right? It's yeah, the it's sauce that makes Kansas City. Yep. Memphis then, is more of a dry rub. Texas yeah. is Texas. Um, and Carolina is lots of pork, lots of vinegar-based stuff. Yeah. So I've only – I feel like the only way to really judge it is by going to those places. And I've only done barbecue in Texas. So well, I mean, you've I've never been, you've had all the others though, right? You've had Carolina, bro. Kansas I have no Memphis. idea. I don't, you don't eat much barbecue in New York City. Oh well, we'll like there's like that. four barbecue places. I could take you to the four barbecue places. That What's the one that we went to? Of these flavors. I don't know. Where do we go? Did we go? But to the Hill Jello Shots in Hel- that, in Chelsea. It's that's, like I think. Yeah, I think we went to Hill Country, and te- that's yeah. that's Texas barbecue. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Texas barbecue. Yeah, I mean, I love Texas barbecue, um, I think. But if you're going to make me choose flavor-wise, I think I'm going Memphis. I like the, that dry rub on the ribs. Also, Memphis barbecues everything. They just put everything in a barbecue. You get barbecue bologna. You get barbecue everything in Memphis. So I think I'm choosing Memphis style with Texas probably coming in second. Nice. What's your favorite pizza style? Oh, you know, I was going to ask you this. I was going to ask you this. Um, so my pizza order, I will say, like if I'm just going to a slice joint that has every sort of slice in the world, I am getting a grandma's and a regular slice. Those are the, those are my two. Because the regular slice just reminds me of childhood. But is right? the New York style slice your favorite slice? Yes. Yeah, the New your York style pizza? slice is my favorite pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the what's the pizza cognition theory? Pizza. What you grew up with is yeah. your favorite. Yeah, the best pizza is the pizza you grew uh, up with, and uh, that that's it for me. But I will say that I like a good grandma's slice, uh, which is very northeast United States yeah, regional. It's a Sicilian, but not. It's a Sicilian, but it's a little bit thinner. It's more garlicky and more fresh tomatoes, and, and not really like any that. cheese. Yeah, a little bit of, of fresh mozzarella. Yeah. What about um, you? Neapolitan. I, I Neapolitan? Think, yeah, I, I think um, really great Neapolitan pizza, which you can find in the city. You can probably find better Neapolitan pizza in New York City than anywhere in the world. Um, I, Outside I, of Naples. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Arguably. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just so good. It, it, it is. Like, it's just really, like, in, incredible. It uh, it totally is. It's I mean that the charred crust and making sure mm-hmm. that you got good dough that is fermented that makes those nice big bubbles in the crust. That's that is delicious. Um, and I think there is a time and a place for all of that. But mm-hmm. give me give me a slice joint pizza any day. All right. Cool. All right. I got one more for you. Um, let's see. 
Oh, this is an easy one. This is a quick fire one. Are you a BEC person or an SEC person? You converted me to the SEC. Really? Yeah. A while, a it. long time ago, you were just like, it's better with sausage. I was like, okay. And then I got it with sausage and I'd say 95% of my orders now are sausage and cheese. I like it with the link sausage because that's usually a beef link sausage too. But then mm-hmm. it kind of falls out of the sandwich. So it's not great. I hear you. For those of you who are not um, just familiar with bodega talk, a bacon, egg and cheese or a sausage, egg and cheese on a roll. And I, I, I'm a sausage, egg and cheese person. Always been a sausage, egg and cheese person. That's not to say that I don't have bacon, egg and cheeses every once in a while. But my go to order is an SEC sausage, egg and cheese. Also, sausage, egg and cheese on an everything bagel is like that is that is a weekend meal. If I know that I'm going to not eat lunch, <laughs> like I'll have that like, for breakfast and then just skip lunch because it just sits in your stomach all day. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Yes. Easy, easy, agree. Cool. All right, Mike. Well, it is, it's, picture this, put it in your head. It's the end of a long day. You just finished coming out of your commercial kitchen space, preparing chicken parm sandwiches. I'm coming out of my office, spending a long, it's just having spent a long day editing podcasts for myself and other people. What are you drinking? So uh, my buddy, Marcel Ginoc, is the head bartender over at the Pavilion. Aha. And fancy, he, fancy. Yeah. And he got uh, one of his first own drinks at, to be served at the Pavilion. And he calls it uh, the vodka concombre, which is vodka cucumber. But it's okay. vodka, green chartreuse, cucumber, pineapple, lime, and simple. So it's all these really incredible flavors that don't um, compete with each other, but all balance each other out and yeah. enhance each other. Can you go through the go through those ingredients again? Vodka, uh-huh. green chartreuse, is, uh, green cucumber, tr- yes. pineapple, uh-huh. lime, and sim- probably just a dash of simple. Wow. It's got to be really light and really refreshing. And you could drink about a billion of them. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> That's great. I'm going to um, head it out and visit him soon and have him make me one. Also, the garnish is um, a thin, long way slice of cucumber around the whole glass. Nice. Yeah, it's, re- it's a really beautiful drink. I'm, I'm going simplicity with my mm-hmm. drink. I'm, uh, the weather is, weather is turning a little bit cooler. It's been like the perfect fall past few days, autumn weather. I am going with a warm beverage, the Amaro Caldo, which is something that I discovered last year when we were like really heavily quarantining and I was just sort of sitting around a a campfire. I would be sipping Amaro Caldos, which is very simply a hot toddy made with Amaro. I was hoping that's what it was. So it's basically hot water Amaro with a lemon twist. And... I like to make it with a cardamaro, mm-hmm. which that makes is, a lot of sense. I, I mean, it's perfect for fall. It's it's you know, a card. It's literally cardamom heavy amaro. So from cardamom the- and yeah, and it's got blessed thistle, which are like artichokes, um, and it's aged in oak, and it it has a very like fall sort of feel to it. But yeah, I mean, put it in a coffee mug with a with a lemon peel and some. 
some hot water and do you sit do around the, the fire. Do you do the cloves it. inside of the lemon peel? I don't do it for this drink, but I do it when I do a regular hot toddy. Mm-hmm. I'll do the cloves inside the lemon peel, and usually I'll do like a bourbon or a spiced rum hot toddy. Nice. So, Mike, I think we're, we're, that's about the time that we've got mm-hmm. for today. We've been talking for way too long, but always a pleasure talking with you. Always. Uh, if you want to reach us, we're at Not a Foodie on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Timiale, T M I A L E. And Mikey, who are you? I'm at Mikey Pomodoro on Instagram, at Chicken Parm Poppy on Twitter. And we have uh, two more weeks at Smorgasburg. So come- nice. Go check out Smorgasburg. Yes. When's the last day? Uh, Saturday the 30th, and then the 23rd is the second to last one. Cool. And there's there's other winter stuff hopefully popping up. We're, we're uh, starting to look at our next move. Um, nice. We're not close enough to say anything about it, but we're getting there. Love it. Love it. Can't wait to see what's coming out of the chicken palm, palm, palm poppy brain there. All right. Well, that's it. Have a good one. See you guys.